the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Hey, Southern California Live family. Me and my family are on vacation this week, but have no fear. Pastor Dudley Rutherford is sitting in my chair this week. You are going to love this program today. Please welcome Pastor Dudley Rutherford. SoCal Live's Monday edition as Scotty. I did not know he was going to be doing that introduction. Scotty's getting a little R&R, and I certainly want to thank him and the KKLA staff for inviting me to fill in today. There is so much going on in the world today. Over the weekend, uh, they found six more classified documents in President Biden's Wilmington home. And then we've got Antifa in Atlanta burning police cars and uh, the media calling it uh, peaceful protest the looting, the breaking, the store windows. I also got word uh, this weekend that uh, there was another sheriff in Los Angeles, I believe, that uh, took his life. And there are just so many issues uh, that we could be talking about today. But I think the most pressing issue for those of us who live here in uh, Southern California is the shooting, the mass shooting that took place in Monterey Park, uh, California. And uh, Monterey Park is primarily an an Asian community that's about eight miles outside of Los Angeles and really basically just straight south of Pasadena. And there are so many uh, things on our heart today that our hearts are heavy, and we have so many different ways to look at this. We certainly want to invite you to call in if you've got anything on your heart that you'd like to share about the events of the weekend our number is 888-528-2557. I'm in studio, but on the phone, we have a City Council District 12 member, John Lee, who has been a resident of District 12 there in the San Fernando Valley, big supporter of public safety. I, I think uh, you may or may not know there are 15 different districts in Los Angeles, and John Lee is city councilman over District 12, and we're thankful to have him on the program with us today. John, how are you today? I'm good, Pastor Dudley. How are you doing? I'm doing so well, uh, all things considered. Uh, I'm like sure. everybody else in this city. My heart's heavy uh, for the events of uh, that took place uh, Saturday night. And uh, if anyone's listening that, that doesn't know, which I don't know if that's possible for you to live in our city and not know, Saturday night at about 1025, uh, there was a festival in Monterey Park, uh, usually at, attended by 100,000 people. And after, at the, towards the end of that day, in a dance ballroom in Monterey Park, a gunman entered uh, and began firing, and 10 people lost their lives, and 10 others are injured. I think seven of those 10 are still in the hospital John, I want to I want to ask you when you first heard the news and what were your initial thoughts. Well, you know, we we had a lot of different uh, lunar celebrations, 
throughout the city, I, myself included. I had one in the district at Northridge Park, and it was uh, something that, you know, obviously the shock of, of hearing the news, but then kind of really kind of like bringing me back to the moment where I was just at an event like this. And the fact that I remembered that at one point, because it was in a bit of a courtyard at this park, that there's only one entrance and one exit to that courtyard. And I thought about that at the time. But then, you know, as I was speaking, that that thought went away. But then when you hear what happened, all of a sudden, you're, you're fearful for an event that, you know, took place earlier because all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, that could have happened at any of the different events that we were holding. We're very, you know, I think now we know a little bit more involved, uh, more about what happened and that this was someone who had a sort of a relationship with the organizations that, you know, where the dance studios that he went to, to uh, commit this horrific crime. But I think all people of sort of Asian Americans everywhere, you know, these last couple of years, they have been a little bit more on, you know, heightened alert. And so your first thing is just really just disbelief that this continues to happen in our community, in our city, in our country. And that, uh, you know, as a legislator, what I need to do and what the next steps that I need to take to try to, you know, stop these things from happening. Yeah, you, 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 they have a different city council for Monterey Park, correct? Correct. Correct. And, and, their own city. and have you been able to talk to anyone who's on that city council or what, what is your involvement with, with anything in that city on an event like this, if any? Sure. The, my, my, my involvement was just on Sunday, I needed to sort of assess uh, with the Department of Cultural Affairs on whether we and this is before we have the information that we have now, do we continue with our celebrations? You know, I spoke to, I was also in communication with our our sheriff, our newly elected sheriff, trying to find out more information about, you know, what happened, do, is the suspect under custody? And when we found out that he still wasn't in custody yet, obviously that put us a little bit more fear of, of continuing our events uh, as scheduled. So that was a lot of what I was trying to do on Sunday and just trying to figure out what, what the best course of action was and so uh, but once we found out that it was sort of a personal relationship with those dance halls we felt very comfortable you know moving forward is is that festival primarily a chinese festival or are there people from all backgrounds attending those festivals well of course there are people from all different backgrounds attending the festivals even in the you know our district uh you know we have people of uh you know every walk of life uh, attending our, our our festival, but as far as the people who celebrate it, a lot of different Asian cultures celebrate the Lunar New Year as their, you know, as a traditional. Obviously, everyone follows the the Western calendar, but we use that for celebrations that we still practice till till day. And we don't really know much about the victims. I don't think much much of that information has been released yet. Uh, again, there were ten people that were killed, lost their lives. Ten others that were injured, taken to the hospital. Last I heard, seven of the ten were still in the hospital for some type of uh, related. Uh, in, they've not recovered enough to leave the hospital. What What do we know about the shooter? Well, we know that the shooter was, I believe, a seventy-two-year-old uh, gentleman who was a 
from what we've heard so far, is a dance instructor and had a a tenuous relationship with the one, at least what we know as with one of the, the dance studios that he showed up at. And so other than that, uh, we don't, you know, other than, you know, a little testimony from some of his neighbors uh, and from some people who knew him, really, we don't, we don't have a clear motivation. I, of course, preferably when we talk to different people, as they've done so over the last couple of days, they found out that there was this relationship that he's very mistrusting of the uh, management at one of these dance uh, studios. But other than that, I don't I don't know if we found a note or any other type of communication other than through third hand uh, testimony from from other people. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm filling in for uh, Scott Furrow here on SoCal Live. And on the phone, I have John Lee, who's a city council member, District 12 in Los Angeles. John, I want to play the 911 clip uh, that was taken, that uh, was recorded, and just get your thoughts uh, when you hear this When you hear this clip. We have 16 patients at this time. Um, let's go ahead. Our engine 62 is Quinn 61 with triage. I got uh, three immediates in here, and I got approximately 10 deceased. I'm going to need another uh, engine company for a litter team to get these uh, immediates out of here. John, what are your thoughts when you hear that? I mean, obviously, the anytime you hear any type of response towards any type of mass shooting, it's going to send chills down your spine. Uh, it's unfortunate that these days, too many situations like this happen, even even as a, a, a parent here in the San Fernando Valley here in the city of Los Angeles, I've experienced, you know, one of my kids being involved in a lockdown where the last text you get is uh, you won't be receiving any texts from me. They've locked all the classrooms. All the lights are out. And, I, you know, I'll call you when this is over. And you're sort of just left there thinking, oh, my gosh, what, 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 what? it's almost a helpless feeling that you get, and in the situation when you hear nine one one calls of the uh, of the just horrific, horrific actions of some of the people uh, and what they're doing, it just shows you the the lack of attention that we as a society pay towards mental health. I've been a big advocate that mental health is health, and that we have a major mental health crisis on our city streets and that until we start treating it as that uh, we're not going to be able to move past this problem this crisis we're having as you see on our city streets here in the city of los angeles it just shows that we need more attention this is a 72 year old man who committed this Mm. and urging people people need to when they suspect something when they have any type of you know, suspicion about someone that they need to speak up and, you know, hopefully prevent something like this from happening. Yeah. I want to, I want to tell you when I, when I heard that nine eleven call, nine one one call, the first thing that came to my mind is that this can happen any place, any time to anybody. Yeah. My second thought was how great our first responders are to uh, that we do have a, a mechanism for people to call in and for the authorities to show up sooner than later and to get the situation under the, under control and then to set up the triage 
you know it's a serious problem when that takes place. But certainly we, we want to give, uh, you know, our respect, greatest respect uh, to those uh, police officers and sheriffs and first responders who showed up immediately and began to, to take control of the situation. I have another clip, John, I want to play for you. This is from an eyewitness who was there. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Uh, again, uh, I, w- I just want talking to John Lee, who's a city councilman. And then, John, I'm going to ask you after this clip, what what do we need to do moving forward? But but listen to this clip. Yeah, well, I heard the quack, 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 quack. Uh, I, I, first, I saw this as um, fire crack. Then later, I, I saw people fall down, fell down. And also, people uh, the, the people in the, in the ballroom started running. I thought this is not crack. It's not the fire crack. It's something else. So I, I suggest uh, lay myself on, on the on the floor and the floor. And the people in front of me also they they themselves on, on the floor. You know, John, I I heard that the ballroom is really a place for some of the senior citizens that gather in that part of the city. That dancing in the ballroom uh, setting. It's it's just something they do on a weekly basis to um, to get them out of their houses and to find a community and to enjoy life. And then to hear, like in the midst of all that, such tragedy, it just it just breaks your heart. But as we look as we uh, you know, as a as a someone who works in the government, it, it seems like we always uh, jump on the on the mental illness aspect. We may or may not know. We know that that's that's not normal behavior, but moving forward, uh, what do you do as a city councilman to help this city be a better city? Well, I think that uh, you talked about it uh, just minutes before you played that clip about our law enforcement and supporting the law enforcement that we have. It is a strange world that I live in as a elected official here in the city of Los Angeles, where when you support public safety, that people need to thank you for that, like as if that's an abnormal sort of position to take. Um, you know, I've always seen the men and women who put on that badge every day, who put on that uniform as somebody to be respected, as someone who understands that they every single day when they do that, the sacrifices that they are they, that they do by performing, by being law enforcement, but also knowing the, that they are going to step into uh, harm's way if, 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 if the situation presents itself. When we were talking last year about when the city council was talking about defunding the, the police mm. and taking away from the budget, I was shocked to be one of only two out of 15 city council members to take a position uh, that that was not the best way to address the situations that we are having as a city of Los Angeles. And, but now to be that sort of minority voice for supporting uh, our first responders is, is really a new territory for me of not understanding of how we cannot understand that the, not only the job that they do and how hard it is for them to perform that job, but also that they deserve our respect and they deserve our support. I'm very, very fortunate to represent a community that understands that, that supports their individual uh, divisions here in Council District 12 and to see that. But 
to hear other elected officials really speak out before they know the situation. Mm. Recently, when we had a, a recent shooting, uh, some people were like, well, why wasn't the mental evaluation unit sent out first? But instead of understanding the process, of LAPD still shows up at the scene and secures the scene. And if we feel we need a person, a counselor, we will call that person in. But immediately you had uh, other elected officials claiming, oh, you know, this was handled wrong. This was not the right way. And instead of actually taking the time to understand the policies and procedures of law enforcement and how they're supposed to proceed, because what they're ultimately trying to do is protect the lives of the citizens of whatever area, city, community that they represent. And that as elected officials, we cannot just automatically just jump to conclusions or you know jump to say that we have to investigate every situation and understand it before we start speaking and talking negatively about the actions of some of our first responders and what they do every single day. And that has been a, a challenge for me, but a challenge I'm surprised that I even have to have, <laughs> that other people, other elected officials don't you know, support the men and women who put their lives on the line. Uh, online every single day for us. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Uh, and, 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 of course, most of these people change their tune in a New York second when uh, tragedy comes comes their way. They, they all of a sudden want a police officer to show up. I have a quote here from Chuck Schumer. As soon as this tragedy happened, he, he tweeted, I'm heartbroken by the news of the shooting in Monterey Park amid lunar New Year celebrations. I'm praying for the victims, their families, the first responders, but then he says we must stand up to bigotry and hate wherever they rear their ugly heads, and we must keep working to stop gun violence. There's a couple of things about that tweet. One, there were a lot of people that just naturally jumped that this was a hate crime. And this this kind of goes to what you just said. We jumped to conclusions. And mm-hmm. I don't know why we live in a world where we just we don't see evil as, as evil for what it is. And it doesn't matter – it doesn't matter the skin color, any type of tragedy like this. I don't I don't care if it's a white person shooting a black person or a black person shooting a brown person or whatever that whatever it is, that's irrelevant to the main thing that we we we've cheapened life to the point where we're able to to actually take the life of another human being instead of having the the understanding that all of us are are equally created in the in the image of God. But I, I go back to why are do so many people uh, do virtual signaling when these events happen instead of finding out the details and being sympathetic and, and, and joining together as a community to make sure these things don't happen again? I think that's a frustrating thing that is uh, something I, I go through, unfortunately, all the time that situations are then changed into uh, things that uh, may help someone's agenda or so help someone's uh, arguments that they've made in the past. And then they just jump onto any situation and then flip it to how it benefits them mm. instead of, like you said, just looking at this as an incredible tragedy mm. and that understanding in our world, evil is evil. I don't care what 
you know, what, what religion, what, you know, color, what, whoever it commits is. And we have to sort of take a, you know, a step back and just say, you know, before we're so quick to then jump on other people's actions of how they're handling this or how they're viewing this and start just listening a little bit more. Unfortunately, we're living in a society right now that uh, if you don't believe what I believe, then not only are you 100% wrong, I just don't even have the time to listen to you. I will, I, I've, I'd like to feel that through my career in government, even if I know someone is, has a different, um, a different take on a certain subject, and I know that going in, I feel the value of listening and talking to that person, trying to maybe understand a little bit more about why they feel this way. I may still disagree with them, but maybe it makes me understand them more. Instead of just sort of jumping to situations, well, they they feel this way because they're this way or that way or whatever, we just need to sort of take some time, talk more, listen more, and to understand that, you know, as a society – the things that make us run as a you know society of like law enforcement is a necessary part. It's a necessary part of our communities. We have different people that are running on not just defunding the police, but on abolishing the LAPD. That is a message that is extremely dangerous, and it's something that when you ask, then where do we go from there? How is that handled? How is any situation handled? And really, no, there's never really been a sufficient answer to that. It's always just, right. well, we're going we're gonna to reimagine things and we're going to figure, figure things out. Oh, John, we, we have an uphill battle ahead of us, and I want to thank you for calling in today. And, uh, again, I'm talking sure. to John Lee, City Council District 12 uh, here in Los Angeles. And, uh, John, I can just tell by this uh, listening today to you talk uh, that you are a a great man, and I want to thank you uh, for serving our city. And I, I, I pray for you. I pray for all of our uh, city council members. I know it's not an easy task that you have, but uh, I want to certainly thank you for being with me today on air. And uh, we're going to come back after this break, and we're going to open up the phone lines. I want to give you that number, 888-528-2557. We want to hear from you, the listening audience, your thoughts on this tragic event that happened Saturday night. John, thank you again for being here. And uh, again, you're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Call SoCal Live now at 888-LA-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. Well, I've had a lot of bad experiences with dentists. That's Freddie, who didn't like dentists. So I just put it off for so long that I didn't go. But toothaches finally got to him. And then I heard her on the radio. He called the smile maker, Dr. Lynn Lee. I had a lot to get done. Everything from my front teeth back had to all be redone. Every filling I had was bad. Dr. Lee took away Freddie's pain without any pain. She's really gentle. While you're in the chair, nothing hurts. Dr. Lee handles all dental work for all ages, and she specializes in cosmetic dentistry. So call her for a smile consultation at 818-343-4646. 818-343-4646. Her office is in the heart of the San Fernando Valley. She accepts Visa and MasterCard and has payment plans. And best of all, she's a great dentist. Oh, yeah, Dr. Lee's great. She's the best dentist that I've ever been to. Everything looks great. It feels great. Call the smile maker, Dr. Lynn Lee, 818-343-4646. 
This is Pastor Robert Chang from Calvary Chapel, Mid-Valley. 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of the love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Have you ever just stopped to ponder and think about that verse? We can fly over it at first glance and say, it's a great verse. It means a lot. But have you ever just dwelt and meditate and chewed on and allowed to penetrate your heart? God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Truly, there is no greater love than that. I would like to personally invite you to come out to our church in Van Nuys as we study the book of Romans verse by verse. You can find us out on the web at www.cc mv.us. God bless you. If you're part of a local Christian school, KKLA can help your school sign up new students for the 23-24 school year. Hi, I'm Craig here at KKLA to tell you about the KKLA Half Price Tuition Program. There's no out-of-pocket cash expense for the school, just high-profile on-air and online publicity, and a win-win for both you and local families. On Tuesday, February 7th at 3 p.m., we'll feature local area Christian school leaders on SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Listeners can learn about your school while families call to secure a year's tuition at the participating schools of their choice. That's Tuesday, February 7th. If your school is interested, call me, Craig, at 818-662-3767. I'd love to visit and give you all the details about this outstanding opportunity for your school. 818-662-3767. 818-662-3767. Find out if KKLA's half-price tuition program is a good fit for your school. 818-662-3767. Scott Furrow here inviting you to join me at a fun event that'll challenge your mind and reinforce your faith. It's Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, Monday, February 20th, 7 p.m. at First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena. I'll be joined by AM870 radio show host Dennis Prager. Somebody asked, what if Jesus were resurrected? I hope he was resurrected. And Salem radio host Eric Metaxas. The real issue of works has to do with your heart, not how much money you give to build a hospital wing. Your actions reveal your faith. And I'll be your host and referee. What are the things that Jews and Gentiles agree on? What do we disagree on? And how can we better understand each other? So join us for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, Monday, February 20th, 7 p.m. at First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena. Regular and VIP tickets are available at kkla.com, keyword ask, kkla.com, keyword ask. That's February 20th. Tickets available at kkla.com, keyword ask. Hi, I'm Reverend Andy Bales with Union Rescue Mission. People who end up here at URM have come to the end of their rope. Men, women, and children who desperately need God's help to survive and rebuild their lives. Through your kindness, we are able to give them that hand up and out. Will you join us this year as a supporter of URM? A gift of just $25 a month will touch many, many lives. Find out more at URM.org. That's URM.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Listen on Odyssey. Call SoCal Live now at 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. You're listening to Dudley Rutherford. I am the senior pastor of Shepherd Church in the San Fernando Valley. 
Lived here for over 35 years, working, serving, ministering in the city of Los Angeles. And uh, it is an honor to be in studio with you here today, filling in for Scott Furrow, who's out on a vacation and we'll be back uh, in a few days. But uh, certainly want to thank him for inviting me on. You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. And we're talking about the mass shooting that took place Saturday night in Monterey Park, uh, California. We would love to get your take. We'd love to hear your viewpoints of what took place. Like to know what your thoughts are on the mass shooting, what needs to be done. There's so many different angles on this. Some people are calling for more gun control. Uh, Of course, some people, if guns were illegal, they'd still be able to get a hold of a gun. Drugs are illegal. People could still buy drugs. But what do we need to do to help uh, prevent shootings like this? Or you might want to just share, uh, again, your thoughts. Maybe you know of someone uh, who died in a senseless tragedy, and you'd like to call and uh, share your story. But we're taking calls right now. You can call us at 888-528-2557. It's just waking up Sunday morning, getting ready for church, and got the news that in our city, uh, this mass shooting where 10 people were killed, and I just got word, of course, there were 10 people that were sent to the hospital. I just heard that there was the 11th uh, person that died. So one of the people... I want to say at USC Medical Center, I believe, passed away not too long ago. So instead of 10 deaths, there are now 11. And, of course, we know that there are shootings all over this country. Um, there's about that many people killed every weekend in Chicago. But it's, it's, it's something that when it happens when you're in your own backyard, I, we get a little calloused when, when these events take place, but when it's in your own backyard. And, uh, you know, this radio station goes all over uh, Southern California and San Diego. It really is SoCal, and it is live. And we want to hear from you, the listener. So give us a call at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What are your thoughts on this event, uh, this tragedy? It's it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. And uh, we just want to we want to hear from you. So we've got Fernando from Ontario. Welcome to SoCal Live. Thank you. Thank you so much for receiving my call. And uh, very deeply, you know, uh, sad for what happened. Um, one of the things that I always see and hear, it's after something happened, you know, a few days later, we can hear from everybody. But after that, nothing's done. So I said to myself, what can I do to do something different? So what I do is, first of all, with my wife, with my kids, and with my family, and with my church, I teach in my church, please bless every police. Mm. In the freeways, you know, driving, if they are doing something, you know, if they are online um, waiting for a food, just, you know, do some step, pay for them. Salute them. Say thank you. You know, honor them. And uh, I think we might not change everything around, but we can make them feel better, good, you know, and that there are people around that we really deeply appreciate what they do, and we are proud of them, you know. And people might be thinking different, but this is a lot of people that I know, and I might don't know a lot of people 
that we really appreciate them, we honor them, and we will continue supporting them. Fernando, don't you think it would be absolute chaos if we didn't have police officers? It is a chaos, you know, and uh, um, but that's not the, the big problem. The big problem is people use chaos to make more chaos mm. on their own desires. And there will be judge for that, you know, for every war, everything they have done. There is going to be a time when they're going to respond and they might don't believe that, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have three children, and I, I taught all three of them to respect police officers and respect respect those who are in authority, and we take we take that out of the equation, and it's there's going to be anarchy in the streets, and I, I just feel bad that so many of our politicians uh, jumped on board with defund the police, but I think as you mentioned, it goes back to us showing respect and. And uh, honor to those who serve uh, in such a in such a powerful way. Uh, so, Fernando, thank you so much for calling in. We want to encourage others to call in at triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We want to hear your thoughts on what took place uh, Saturday night. I actually got a, an email from someone uh, Sunday morning. I had no idea what had happened, uh, but I want to play just a little clip here from the mayor of Monterey Park on the events. Uh, that happened Saturday night. We are able to to say that that justice has been done uh, thanks to everyone working together. But we also know that this is just the beginning. And an a unimaginable, unimaginable tragedy has occurred here in Monterey Park during a weekend in which we're celebrating the Lunar New Year and a time when people come together for uh, to spend time with families, with friends, and that was the purpose of those who gathered at the dance hall last night. But tragically, someone decided to, you know, to express violence, and violence has no place in our society. He said violence has no place in our society, and yet the United States of America is a very violent place. All over uh, this country, there are shootings and homicides that occur every day. I want to say uh, the best uh, – I, I, I looked this up recently. There were some tw- over 20,000 people a year whose lives are taken by, by gun violence in this country. And I, I don't know – you know, for me as a pastor – and I'm not, I'm not speaking as a radio host. I'm speaking as a pastor – I know what the Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, uh, to, mark, to write this down, that there will be terrible times in the last days. So I, for me, I, I feel like we're living in the last days. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy, people will be lovers of themselves. Uh, check, I see that happening. People will, will be lovers of, of money. Okay, I see that happening. People will be boastful and proud and abusive. They will be disobedient to their parents ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I think, I think that's where we are as a country. I believe we've, we've taken our eyes off God. We've taken our eyes off the things of God. And uh, there are just, you know, we're, we're, we're rudderless. We're lost. We're a culture that is without God. 
I, th- I think of, of going all the way back in the history of the United States. I think it was in 1962 uh, that the United States Supreme Court banned prayer in public schools. They banned it. No more prayer, 1962. Then 1963, they banned the Bible, so no Bible. And then it was a few years later, I think in 1980, they said no more Ten Commandments. Because I actually remember, I remember being in, in elementary school. I know you think I'm old, but I remember being in elementary school and, and lighting up in the hallway and seeing the Ten Commandments on the walls of the school. You had to stand in that line and wait until we were all lined up. There was nothing to do except to look around. And on that wall of my school growing up as a boy, public school, were the Ten Commandments. 1980, they banned the Ten Commandments. They took that down off those walls. So as a boy, I kept looking up there, and I saw these Ten Commandments. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't don't lust, don't commit adultery, whatever. And they're all there, and I'm looking at them. It helped shape my life. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of all knowledge, right, according to the Word of God. So somehow we got to get back to teaching the Word of God as a pastor. That's my prayer. That's my hope that as a church in our community in which I live and every church, because it's not happening in the school system, I don't know what is happening in the homes, but at least the church is like the last bastion of hope for lifting up Jesus, for preaching the gospel, and for seeing change happen in this world. I want you to call us, if you can, at 888-528-2557. We would love to hear your thoughts on what happened Saturday night in Monterey Park. That's a city of about 61,000 people. Primarily uh, Asian population exists there. And they were having a festival, a lunar uh, festival. Some 100,000 people showed up. And towards the end of that, a gunman went into a ballroom and killed uh, 10 people. The 11th person uh, just died in the hospital. I think of John 14 where Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd like to know what you think should be done, what could be done, I want you to call again, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Pastor Dudley Rutherford, who is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, and I'm filling in for Scott Furrow. You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Uh, you're listening to Dudley Rutherford. I am the senior pastor of Shepherd Church in the San Fernando Valley. Lived here for over 35 years, working, serving, ministering in the city of Los Angeles. And uh, it is an honor to be in studio with you here today, filling in for Scott Furrow, who's out on a vacation and will be back uh, in a few days. But uh, certainly want to thank him for inviting me on. You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. And we're talking about the mass shooting that took place Saturday night in Monterey Park, uh, California. We would love to get your take. We'd love to hear your viewpoints of what took place, like to know what your thoughts are on the mass shooting, what needs to be done. There's so many different angles on this. Some people are calling for more gun control. 
Uh, of course, some people, if guns were illegal, they'd still be able to get a hold of a gun. Drugs are illegal, and people could still buy drugs. But what do we need to do to help uh, prevent shootings like this? Or you might want to just share, uh, again, your thoughts. Maybe you know of someone uh, who died in a senseless tragedy, and you'd like to call and uh, share your story. But we're taking calls right now. You can call us at 888-528-2557. It's just waking up Sunday morning, getting ready for church, and got the news that in our city, uh, this mass shooting where 10 people were killed, and I just got word, of course, there were 10 people that were sent to the hospital. I just heard that there was the 11th uh, person that died. So one of the people I want to say at USC Medical Center, I believe, passed away not too long ago. So instead of 10 deaths, there are now 11. And, of course, we know that there are shootings all over this country. Um, there's about that many people killed every weekend in Chicago. But it's, it's, it's something that when it happens when you're in your own backyard, we get a little calloused when, when these events take place, but when it's in your own backyard – and, uh, you know, this radio station goes all over uh, Southern California and San Diego. It really is SoCal, and it is live. And we want to hear from you, the listener. So give us a call at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What are your thoughts on this event, uh, this tragedy? It's it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. And uh, we just want to we want to hear from you. So we've got Fernando from Ontario. Welcome to SoCal Live. Thank you. Thank you so much for receiving my call. And uh, very deeply, you know, uh, sad for what happened. Um, one of the things that I always see and hear, it's after something happened, you know, a few days later, we can hear from everybody. But after that, nothing's done. So I said to myself, what can I do to do something different? So what I do is, first of all, with my wife, with my kids, and with my family, and with my church, I teach in my church, please bless every police. Mm. In the freeways, you know, driving, if they are doing something, you know, if they are online um, waiting for a food, just, you know, do some step, pay for them. Salute them. Say thank you. You know, honor them. And uh, I think we might not change everything around, but we can make them feel better, good, you know, and that there are people around that we really deeply appreciate what they do, and we are proud of them, you know. And people might be thinking different, but this is a lot of people that I know, and I might don't know a lot of people that we really appreciate them we honor them and we will continue supporting them fernando don't you think it would be absolute chaos if we didn't have police officers it is a chaos you know and uh, um but that's not the, the big problem the big problem is people use chaos to make more chaos mm. on their own desires and there will be judge for that, you know, for every war, everything they have done. There is going to be a time when they're going to respond. And they might don't believe that, but it's going to happen. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have three children, and I, I taught all three of them to respect police officers and respect respect those who are in authority. And we take we take that out of the equation, and it's, there's going to be anarchy in the streets. And I, I just feel bad that so many of our politicians. Uh, jumped on board with defund the police but i think as you mentioned it goes back to us showing respect and and uh, honor to those who serve uh in such a in such a powerful way uh so fernando thank you so much for calling in we want to encourage others to call in at 888-528-2557 we want to hear your thoughts on what took place uh saturday night i actually got an email from someone uh sunday morning i had no idea what had happened Uh, But I want to play just a little clip here from the mayor of Monterey Park on the events uh, uh, that happened Saturday night. We are able to to say that that justice has been done uh, thanks to everyone working together. But we also know that this is just the beginning. And an unimaginable, unimaginable tragedy has occurred here in Monterey Park during a weekend in which we're celebrating the Lunar New Year and a time when people come together for, uh, to spend time with families, with friends, and that was the purpose of those who gathered at the dance hall last night. But tragically, someone decided to, you know, to express violence, and violence has no place in our society. He said violence has no place in our society, and yet the United States of America is a very violent place. All over uh, this country, there are shootings and homicides that occur every day. I want to say uh, the best uh, – I, I, I looked this up recently. There were some tw- over 20,000 people a year whose lives are taken by, by gun violence in this country. And I, I don't know – you know, for me as a pastor – and I'm not, I'm not speaking as a radio host. I'm speaking as a pastor – I know what the Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, uh, to, mark, to write this down, that there will be terrible times in the last days. So I, for me, I, I feel like we're living in the last days. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy, people will be lovers of themselves. Uh, check, I see that happening. People will, will be lovers of, of money. Uh, okay, I see that happening. People will be boastful and proud and abusive. They will be disobedient to their parents ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I think I think that's where we are as a country. I believe we've we've taken our eyes off God, we've taken our eyes off the things of God. And uh there are just you know, we're 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 rudderless, we're lost. We're a culture that is without God. I th- I think of of going all the way back in the history of the United States. I think it was in 1962 uh, that the United States Supreme Court banned prayer in public schools. They banned it. No more prayer. 1962. Then 1963 they banned the Bible. So no Bible. And then it was uh, a few years later. I think in 1980 they said no more Ten Commandments. Because I actually remember. I remember being. In, in elementary school, I know you think I'm old, but I remember being in elementary school and, and lighting up in the hallway and seeing the Ten Commandments on the walls of the school. You had to stand in that line and wait until we were all lined up 
There was nothing to do except to look around. And on that wall of my school growing up as a boy, public school, were the Ten Commandments. 1980, they banned the Ten Commandments. They took that down off those walls. So as a boy, I kept looking up there, and I saw these Ten Commandments. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't don't lust, don't commit adultery, whatever. And they're all there, and I'm looking at them. It helped shape my life. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of all knowledge, right, according to the Word of God. So somehow we got to get back to teaching the Word of God as a pastor. That's my prayer. That's my hope that as a church— in our community in which I live, in every church, because it's not happening in the school system. I don't know what is happening in the homes, but at least the church is like the last bastion of hope for lifting up Jesus, for preaching the gospel, and for seeing change happen in this world. I want you to call us, if you can, at 888-528-2557. We would love to hear your thoughts on what happened Saturday night in Monterey Park. That's a city of about 61,000 people. Primarily uh, Asian population exists there. And they were having a festival, a lunar uh, festival. Some 100,000 people showed up. And towards the end of that, a gunman went into a ballroom and killed uh, 10 people. The 11th person uh, just died in the hospital. I think of John 14, where Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd like to know what you think should be done, what could be done. I want you to call again, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Pastor Dudley Rutherford, who is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, and I'm filling in for Scott Furrow, you're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. That is the mayor of Monterey Park, and uh, that is his call for people to get along and to work together hopefully to bring healing uh, to a a tragic situation. Uh, My name is Dudley Rutherford, and I'm the Senior Pastor Shepherd Church, and I'm filling in for Scott Farrell today on SoCal Live. Thank you so much for joining us. We're taking phone calls and just getting your thoughts and what you think we can do as a city. How how do we help keep these things from happening? Maybe you want to talk about where does evil come from? Why do these things keep happening over and over again? But more importantly, as Christians, what is our role uh, to play in helping us get through these situations and to see these situations not even occur? We want to go to Jim uh, in Reseda, who's calling. Thank you for listening and calling in on SoCal Live today, Jim. Thank you. What's on your heart today, brother? Well, for foremost, I pray for strength and comfort family to the friends of those massacred mm. and I hope that they all receive the gospel departed and accepted our Lord Jesus as their Savior um, my concern is I listen I struggle with it myself that sometimes you know we're more enticed to try to fix the world 
since you already know that it's written that the world will come to an end, and we don't know the time and day. You know, I've never heard my grandparents and parents say, oh, it's in the times, and I shunned it off as a child, and now I look and tell, yeah, we're in those times, but we never know when they will come. So I spend more, spend most of my time praying and uh, sharing the gospel to have people prepared, not to save this world, but to prepare for the kingdom. Mm. Jim, do you believe we're living in the last days? Well, I'm, you know, I don't know if it's more prevalent because of all this social media and, and our technology, which I think is a falsehood of life, or, you know, or is this more prevalent in, in itself? All right, brother, we thank you for calling. And um, that man, you could tell his heart was heavy and burdened for our country, for our city, and for where we are. I go back to that text in 2 Timothy 3. I read it before the break that uh, there will be terrible times in the last days. Uh, I think sometimes we're shocked by all these events, but the Bible makes it pretty clear that they're going to continue to happen especially when you read in the Gospel of Matthew uh, when it talks about the signs of the end times, that you can expect these things to happen more and more. But I think that's our role as believers. That's our role as a church is to uh, continue to lift up the name and person of Jesus Christ because he's, he's all the hope that this world has uh, to offer. Love to hear your thoughts. If you want to call in on 888-528-2557. Uh, we, there's plenty of room if you'd like to call and give us your viewpoint on what happened uh, Sunday night or Saturday night in Monterey Park. You know, it's tragedy that you're here one day and the next moment uh, you're you're gone. And uh, he was just explaining that it's important that you're ready uh, to meet your maker, that you're ready to meet the Lord, because you never know when your time is here. Every weekend as I preach uh, to people, and, and you know, I, I, I have a church in the San Fernando Valley. I'm also on KKLA Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock p.m., a program called Lift Up Jesus. And we, we, we believe uh, in the urgency of the hour that there are many people uh, that do not know Jesus Christ. And we're praying this very moment, if you're listening to this program and you're listening to some of these comments, we've listened to the mayor, we listened to the 911 call, uh, but the the question is is are you ready? Are you prepared? Uh, do you uh, have you had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because when that time comes, it's going to be you know too late for you or for anyone else uh, to give their life to Jesus Christ. So we hope that you're ready uh, to go. Do I have David on the line here? Or no, 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 no. David, are you online with us, Culver City? First of all, this is not end time. Okay. There are 383 million guns in the United States, and unfortunately, as evangelical Christians, we have one of the highest gun ownerships there is. Right. There are more gun deaths than even highway fatalities. So we need to do something about guns. We don't need to look in our Bible. We need to do something about guns. We need to take political action to keep people with high magaz- with high capacity magazine handguns. We need to keep those out of off, get rid of them. We need very strong laws about gun control. But unfortunately, you know, I have to say, as an evangelical, 
one of the fruits of evangelical Christianity is guns, more guns, and no regulation of guns. It's very discouraging to me. So you don't you don't think uh, we have the you believe we have the right to bear arms, correct? Of course, yes. So where do you where do you find we, where do you find the limit on that? I don't. You know something? I don't think we need high capacity, high magazine capacity handguns. I think personally, you know that uh, gun deaths, uh, especially gun deaths, are more common than car fatalities in children one to nineteen. Now, some of those more uh, half of those are suicides, but half are homicides. So I think we. I don't. I don't know what the answer is. I think you're entitled to have your gun, but I don't think we need 382 million guns in the United States. I really don't. I think that's way more guns than are necessary. We have the highest gun ownership in the world, and we have a lot of mass killings. I don't know. There have been 15 this year already. I mean, I think we need to do something. Forget looking in the Bible. We need to do something legally about guns. Well, the Bible, you know, the, the, the Bible deals with the, the soul of man and the actions of man, and a, a person who, who knows Jesus Christ and understands the principles of the Word of God, where it says, for example, thou shalt not kill— uh, it, it's okay to have a gun. It's not the gun. It's the person holding the gun. Uh, I, I've had a gun most of uh, my life. I've never shot anybody. I've never killed anybody. And that's great. I'm glad. You're probably normal mentally. So, so it's... A lot of people... Do you think we need 382 million guns? That's more guns than there are people in the United States. Yeah. I mean, do you think we need that many guns? Well, I, I I don't know exactly how many guns we need, but I I do know the Second Amendment uh, says that we can have them. I appreciate you calling. I appreciate your thoughts, and and obviously we want to hear from from. from, from... That's more guns than there are people. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, Justin from 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 Lebec. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you wanted to call about the Monterey Park incident. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I mean, if I'm allowed to, not really steering off subject, but just kind of like about the mass shootings in general. Sure. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, it's, it's a sad thing to hear about. We hear about it almost every day now. But it seems like it's mostly just politicized. Um, and it's like a serious issue. But it seems like the Democrats seem to be more concerned about, like, gender politics and things that are really not that important and <laughs> really are not making any like real progress in something that really matters like mass shootings where people are getting killed and they're taking subjects that are really not important and making a really really big deal about it and pretty much basing their election off of it meanwhile there's like they say mass shootings every day so i i just feel like the whole thing is ridiculous because the real solution to it could be out there it could be a really simple solution obviously it's really controversial but it seems to be it just seems to be like like a game, like they're turning the whole thing into a big circus. Yeah, Ju- Justin, is it a gun problem or is it a moral problem? The the previous caller just said strictly, um, basically a gun problem. We have too many guns. Okay, well, how, how many is too many? How many is not enough? But is, is that a gun problem or a moral problem? Um, I I definitely don't think it's a gun problem because people can have as many guns as they want. It doesn't really. Um, that doesn't really change anything. I mean, you can, people can kill another person using a car or their hands. So, um, 
a person can own a thousand guns, it won't make any difference. Um, definitely, uh, it sounds like it's a, a moral problem. Yeah, we had the we had the tragedy up in Idaho was with a knife. They killed four people. Yeah, and it, another interesting thought I re- I researched this just uh, a few years back um, when Australia uh, got their gun restrictions uh, really strict in the nineties. And if you look up the statistics, just look it up yourself, and you'll see gun violence goes down like ninety percent, and then knife violence goes up about ninety percent. It's really interesting yeah. if you dig down and do the research and look at it. So really, the murder rate didn't change at all. Yeah, you know, uh, and you know, California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. You know that, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. The last time I bought a gun, it was a nightmare. It was. It was besides the ten day wait and everything. I had to go back literally had to buy a new birth certificate because one of the letters on the page was slightly faded. They make it, they make it over, they make it way too complicated. And why, why did you want to buy a gun? Well, I'm a gun person. I like shooting. Um, I like target shooting and I also have it for, for home defense. Um, it's, 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 uh, for everything really, but I do, I do have my guns for home defense. I have my, uh, tactical flashlights attached to them just so I'm ready. Um, and that's another issue I have. Like, why why are silencers illegal? You know, so if you have to use a gun in your home for self defense, then now you're going to suffer hearing damage because the state of California does not allow you to have a silencer on your on your gun. So yeah, if I get in trouble, I'm going over to Justin's house. I've just decided that right now because uh, <laughs> he's got all the guns. Justin, thank you for calling. I appreciate uh, your 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 thoughts there, uh, Den- Denise and Montrose. We have just a few seconds. You have a, a thought you can share. Well, maybe I can do this. I just was wanting to refer to the signs of the age, and I have empathy, of course, but the scriptures that I would have read or asked to read to your listeners would have been in Luke chapter 21, 15, and then I would have gone to 25 through 30 and finished with 36, and I would have completely wrapped up by asking us all to take a look at Revelation Fourteen seven. All right, Denise, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but we have a hard break here in just a few minutes. But I want to encourage people uh, to keep reading those scriptures in the Word of God. This is Dudley Rutherford. I'm filling in for Scott Furl today on SoCal Live, and uh, we're going to come right back after this break. We've got a caller that's going to talk to us about what to do and how to overcome grief. You're listening to Monday's edition of SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.